This took me an hour to color in. <laughs> this like literally goes all the way around. I Why literally you just used black what, paper. What are you coloring <laughs> in with a pen? Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just its first televised episode, and discuss it, ignoring anything we might know about the future run of that show. This week we're going to be talking about Thanks. Thanks went six episodes, lasting only one season on CBS. We're going to be talking about episode one today, which was called Pilot, originally airing August 2nd, 1999. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, the guys, Nick Ferg, Joe, and Gordo. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Hello. Gobble, 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 gobble. Happy Thanksgiving. And you're all gonna burn in hell. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so uh for those of you who I was gonna go can't... with the oh dear lord, let me die now and end this agony, but I think that where that tops it. <laughs> for those of you uh, who surprise, can't see I that. don't have a migraine. <laughs> Gordo, king of doesn't have a lot of free time, spent how long <laughs> cowling in a white piece of paper with a sharpie? This yeah, that required took- markers and tape and paper. That's that's like a good half an hour. What's on your shoulders? Uh, for, uh, so for those of you, hold on, real quick, just for, for those of you listening who, who who don't know what's going on, Gordo uh, kept his video muted for the entire time we were prepping to get ready for the episode. Because you wanted to hide that he is dressed as a pilgrim with like a homemade, like if you have a kid in kindergarten and they do their Thanksgiving play, like that's how he's dressed with like homemade pilgrim hat. And I can't see. Gordo, can you show us his shoulders? Okay. Is it a dicky? Are you wearing a, a dicky? Like- no, I'm supposed to, you know, like they're, they're um, collars. I know what it is, but is it made out of one of those? Paper no, it's made out of paper. Gaskets? It kind of hold on. It, it's just made out of paper. I cut it. With the <laughs> it hole. looks exactly looks like, like a, the like sandy seats. Yeah, like if you're gonna yeah, sit on a toilet was, in a public restroom. I, I don't restroom. know what they're called. That's what I was thinking. I don't know. I saw a wiki how earlier. When <laughs> <laughs> you wiki how like this, a... you needed a wiki how. <laughs> yes, I, I did. <laughs> you had to crowdsource how to make this costume. <laughs> yes, I did. Did you All have? Right. Matilda help you at he all. Does, he does everything via Wikipedia. That's true. Yeah, you are <laughs> King Wikipedia. Uh, no, Matilda just kept. I didn't originally put this on, and she said I looked like a pope. Because <laughs> I kind of. Yeah, I can see that. Was, and she's Polish, so she'd know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, she she was working, so like she this thing behind me is um just our, our screen door so she was in and out of zoom meetings all day so i'd just pop around the corner with this on and with like my creation so she can hear me in the back of the office literally this took me an hour to color in this like literally goes all the way around i Why literally you just use black what, paper what did you color in with a pen like a what how did <laughs> wait wait ferg had the best most simple idea ever <laughs> that's what little kids do is they just start with paper that's already black. <laughs> I didn't and then they don't get carpal tunnel paper. syndrome for using or four Sharpie full stone. Sharpies to paint it in. I got <laughs> so high, high earlier. <laughs> Sharpies. I remember that used to happen to me in graphic design. We would be doing something and I'd color something in with a Sharpie and I'd look up and I'd like, I'd be seeing double 
Oh, cool. My my experience in graphic design was douchebags <laughs> cutting my hair with scissors. <laughs> <laughs> that was an eclectic group. All right. Well, to, um, school was fun. to get things going, uh, <laughs> as I said at the, earlier in the episode, it is Thanksgiving. We're releasing this episode on Thanksgiving. So what we did was we went and saw, is there any type of Thanksgiving-related television show that we could find that would be, like, topical to do here? So we found... This show, Thanks, which is based we didn't around do much like, work. Yeah, the, the <laughs> Pilgrim Times. So it's uh, it takes place in uh, nineteen. Uh, I'm sorry, sixteen twenty one, Plymouth, Massachusetts. Nineteen forty one. Yeah, yeah. Hey, World hey, War Two was raging, and there was a turkey in every pot. And uh, and we'll get into all that in a second. But I guess just to get things started, since it is Thanksgiving, what do you guys typically do? Do you have any Thanksgiving traditions you guys have? Um, yeah, we do this thing every year. We eat turkey. We All talk right. about what we're thankful for, and I'm thankful for you guys. <laughs> Shut up. And this podcast. I prep my dinner that I host for about three weeks, so the fact that you guys got me on a call is really, really impressive. He's not lying, folks. Yeah, this that's not, not only can, is he not kidding, I was this trying has been to an remember, ongoing joke. When this joke months. started, what was were we trying joke? to do with Joe that he wasn't available? I See, think we were, we were going to go to like... No, I think we were going to go to like maybe your old apartment or something. Maybe we were going to try to watch Survivor Series. It was a wrestling I event, I believe, but I'm not positive. It had but to be we closer because it wouldn't, if it was a Sunday wrestling event, Thanksgiving's on a Thursday, there's no way I would have been like, I know. No, that, that, that was our argument. The yeah, joke was that you said no because you had a planned Thanksgiving and it was not close to Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was like a week and a half September. You said you had you a clean all weekend. You literally that sounds said more that you to me like fixing... I was in trouble with the lady. <laughs> I was just trying to not say that I was in trouble with the lady and couldn't go out. You think we've been making fun of you about Thanksgiving for the last like two years <laughs> because you like were busy on Wednesday? Well, I assume maybe like Tuesday. <laughs> no, it was, no, it was, it was, like, it was a good week Wednesday. early. Well, if but it was a modern Survivor Series, I don't think I missed anything anyway, at least. But yeah, all right. So Aside yeah, I from guess, all your company. I guess traditions wasn't the way to go about it. I, I guess, Ferg, you're right. It, uh, we should go over, what are we thankful for? So well, let's go around the horn. Ferg, you'd already said it, but uh, you, you want to go back into it? I'm thankful for my four best friends that I've known most of my life. Thank you. That's a Go to how about you? I am thankful for our friendship. I am thankful that Matilda puts up with me. And... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just just happy for my health, thankful for my health, and got a roof over my head and all of that. So Nick, how about you? I am thankful for Gordo for continuously entertaining <laughs> us and for also splitting the editing load with me because I would have killed myself months ago had I had to do it all. Joe. I am thankful that I don't have to do any of the editing and for your <laughs> friendship and for the fact that you guys do the editing. And uh, I'm going to put an extra special gift in your stockings for that this year. Don't jump ahead to Christmas. <laughs> it's not and, time uh, yet. Yeah. Jay, so, thankful? Yeah. So for me, um, yeah, the stuff you guys said, family, friends, I'm thankful that with the last couple of years being as crazy as they were, I'm thankful I still have a roof over my head, everyone's still healthy, that I still have a job all that but yeah i mean thankful for this show really because you know we've said it the five of us have been friends for over 20 years now you know we're all 35 we've we've all been friends for close to 30 years and we're 35 36 years old yeah so um the fact that we now have an outlet where every week we constantly have like something creative and fun that we can talk about all week long and be on zoom calls with each other i think it it means a lot more than we realize sometimes so i'm I'm really glad that we have this show and a way to do this so uh the show in general i would say i'm thankful for thankful for my kid too 
I was going to say good night in there, bud. <laughs> when the he fruit of thy loin. He, yeah, years later when he gives all these a listen and he's like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> now, is anybody thankful that we watched Thanks? Uh, um, let's, I, I guess the jury's still that to out. the end. In a way. In a way. Yeah, so, yeah. in a way. That's... So let's get started with the show. Um, so, yeah, it starts off with the screen. It just says Plymouth, Massachusetts, 1621, as I said earlier. The graphic wasn't phenomenal, but I'm also, I guess you have to gauge that it is 1999s, and I can't think of a lot of where we were with technology at the time, like as far as that kind of stuff went. They could have did a little bit better of a job, but I, I felt like maybe <laughs> I needed to give them like a little bit of slack there, but maybe not. I mean, let's be honest here. It was a show about pilgrims. I don't think that the executives really thought was a- that this was going to, you know, <laughs> to sink in the whole graphic design department. I don't think this was like a budget buster in general either. I right? don't know. No. I don't, it, it has a great cast, so I it think does. they probably paid a lot of money for some of them. I was going to say that set is crazy, too. I thought the same thing. I thought the set was really well done. Because so, yeah, they so- could have shoestringed. Uh, the this, that set as far as the budget goes and they didn't i thought it was it was it was pretty cool looking so i guess <laughs> I like they did so it, it's a typical like three camera shoot sitcom to lay it out for the people who haven't seen things which i assume will be literally everyone who listens to this episode has not seen the show us until now <laughs> yeah so it's a you know it's a typical sitcom in studio set but yeah they do build it up to look like colonial time plymouth massachusetts and i wanted to say it looks like like the house from the very first scene you're inside of their house and it looks a lot like how i remember like when we were kids we'd go on a field trip to plymouth plantation again for those of you listening we're all from massachusetts so all this stuff is very close to us all these historical sites plymouth plantation is this it's like a interactive it's not i don't know how to describe it disney world for pilgrims yeah it's 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 called plymouth pawtucks museum now not when we went well, when we went, it was different, Plymouth but yes, Plantation. all right, so yes. So, so if you're looking it up right, right now, right. that's what good it's call. called. So it's kind it, of- It's a like, living museum, I think, is how they describe it. Right, good call. So yeah, it's, it, it is. It's like a theme park with no rides, but it is all based around a reenactment of what it was in the 17th century. I don't know if people outside of the Boston general area have things like that that are akin to it. Maybe in the they, South, they have like Southern kind of like sure, old sure war stuff they like do that. In, places. They do in Jamestown. There's a, don't you remember like, I think when we were kids, they had those commercials for like, come to historic Jamestown and it would be like, you know, British. It was just like a and it's bigger not exa- version. It's not exactly the same, but they have like Colonial Williamsburg and stuff. That's what it is. Yeah, Colonial yeah. Williamsburg. That was it. Which I've I went to historic Jonestown by accident, and it was a much more depressing <laughs> field trip on that day. <laughs> but delicious beverages. So yeah. So uh, for those of you who don't live in this general area or even familiar too much with like the Pilgrim Times, I'm sure it was part of your history class, but I, I would assume we get spoon fed this stuff a lot harder living in this general area. So who knows? But uh, yeah, moving on to the actual episode. Now, one more uh, thing before you move on, though, I found it interesting, too, because you had mentioned that we're from Massachusetts, but this entire clan or the Winthrop clan. Winthrop. Yeah, I do actually. I have that all written yeah. down. Yeah. The so, town we all grew up in. Yeah. So it's um, James and Polly Winthrop are the mother and father in this family. And yeah, we live in Winthrop, Massachusetts. So John Winthrop uh, was a Puritan and one of the founding fathers, uh, not founding fathers, but one of the founding founders of Massachusetts. I'm sorry. And he was he, an old boat guy. Yeah. So <laughs> wasn't he like one of the first a buckle hat too? man? 
So he was one of the, the guys, he was like a lawyer who helped get everything set up to establish Massachusetts. His son, Dean Winthrop, is his first home was in Winthrop, Mass. We've now, you know, our town is named after Dean Winthrop, but all from the Winthrop family, which um, I'm assuming it's James Winthrop from the show. There, It's all linked together in a way, or maybe they just were looking up names that were prominent in that times. But yeah, they are the Winthrop family. So Tell us it makes sense. We are we are from Winthrop, Massachusetts. Uh, that's In how other we words, this show is basically about us. Right. This is, yes. yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So we meet uh, James and Polly Winthrop, and they're in their house, and he's asking her about breakfast, and he's like, is it mush? <laughs> and he still loves her mush after 97 straight days, but uh, apparently they're out of corn. And uh, she, when she tells him that, the first thing I notice is she has no accent, because he's kind of talking with a little bit of a British accent. And no uh, accent from her at all. So that's because he is English actor Tim Dutton. And so he's English he's and she is English. not. Yes, he's actually English. But I would but... <laughs> on the show, it's a bunch of people who came from England to establish this colony. Like they, So they've only lived in America for months at this point. So I'm they should so all have an that, I'm so sad we're not an exclusive video podcast, Gordo, because I've learned that your tell whenever I'm going to lose my mind is you do this. <laughs> He points his finger up. He's very excited. Well, I don't want to overtalk on people. No, no, no. It's not the overtalk thing. It's the I've got something to say. Eureka! This doesn't make any sense. It always kills me. I love it. The Pope is chiming in, boys. (laughs) So, yeah. So she's essentially just boiling water because they're out of corn to make corn mush. But uh, I did do a little bit of extra homework on that. In those times, their breakfast was typically just like a little bread and butter or some cheese or like leftovers from the night before. They didn't really have like a oatmeal or type of standard breakfast food, quote unquote, that they would have back then. So I don't know what corn mush comes from other than the writer thought this sounds Puritan-like. Yeah, I don't know if they were hitting the history books too hard when they were writing this show. I think they were really going on, uh, we'll make up things that seem funny. Yeah. And she explains, like, oh, like, maybe I should just get some ham hocks or, you know, some turkey for the soup. Oh, that's right, because we're starving. And the way she delivered that, I felt like she just had watched The Wedding Singer. Because it was just like Adam Sandler was like, oh, something that would have been nicer if you had told me yesterday. It was like the same exact delivery. It was that or the Chris Farley mall girls in SNL. The layoff, I thought you were on a diet. I'm starving. Like, that's what I Layoff, I'm starving. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned Chris Farley because that's actually going to come up later in the episode. (laughs) Can I just say that the mom, not not Cloris Leachman, but the the, the, the mother. That's my view. I don't want to step on Joe's toes. Polly, the the mother. The only woman woman we've. Okay. She is a babe, yeah. (laughs) She is a babe. get it, yeah. Um, But. I guess I don't have a strong opinion. I only I don't know her from anything on this episode. I didn't really do any extensive homework on her outside of her pilgrim clothes. So <laughs> she takes a she takes a check mark that only so far the janitor from Scrubs is ticked, which is this is the second sitcom we're doing where the most notable role the person had before this show was a very bit character in The Fugitive. Because that's oh, okay. the only thing which would have been what ninety three. So six years before, uh, yeah. she's Betty in The Fugitive, which is, I, I've seen the movie 8 billion times and I can't place it, but she's also wearing a bonnet this whole time. So it's hard to like get a full view. Wait, like you, you pointed out her lack of accent. It really, it takes me out of the show a lot. 
the fact it's like the kids don't really but they're kids her like just speaking normal when everyone else is being all like puritan mm-hmm. like, no really, but that's like, the thing as you watch it that was a big issue with the show in general and we'll get into it as we go along but almost no one has an accent it, it's it's very the comedy that they're going for in the show is very interesting God. it's it's yeah it's a lot of play to the camera, a lot of we're aware that this isn't Pilgrim Times, but we're not breaking that within, it's the the wordplay, it's really tough to describe. They're like 80% in on, on the staying true to what's going on. But no, I've, there was plenty of people with accents. I, I mean, the the, guy, the actor that plays Otho from Beetlejuice. I, I was going to bring that up later, yeah. Like, that's he, who he that's is. That's just his voice, but that... For me, like that sounds like an accent. Uh, Ferg the is the has king of voice. skipping ahead. Ferg always will jump ahead about thirty <laughs> minutes. <laughs> oh no, because we're discussing the accents, and then yeah. the other fat guy that comes into the shop, he he has an accent. Yeah, but I mean, out of the amount of people that you meet within that episode, say let's say there's twenty something people with speaking roles in this episode, three or four might have an accent. Like yeah. the odds are way off. But uh yeah, so he's still excited despite the fact that they're it's been a long winter and they they're starving and they don't have much food because it's the first day of spring and he said new harvest and he walks to the other side of the room and there's a bed there and he like taps it to like wake up the children and you have three kids who like all sit up like they're the undertaker like in unison and they just <laughs> do like day. that sit up move all at the same time. It was very Willy Wonka too. Yeah, Yo, I was gonna say yeah. the same thing. The full cramp. Yeah, the way that they're like staggered across the bed, where they're not all facing the same direction. Yeah, I bet the <laughs> chocolate and the gold ticket makes the morning gruel taste terrible anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, he opens the door to enjoy the first day of spring, and then you see about like six feet of snow, like against the door. Legit lolled at that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the New England thing because I feel like we always have one of those days of winter where we're like, it's probably fine. Like you wake up yeah. and you open the door and there's that and you just close the door again and try to reconfigure your day. Well, I, I think know, I got a good laugh out of that. The snow, I don't think entertained me, but I did kind of like his optimism when he's like, look, the thaw has begun. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so he, you know, kind of glass half full there, but she pushes him into the snow and just shuts the door, kind of like fixes herself and tells the kids to get up. Their boiling water is ready. And the kids are Can excited. I lick the spoon? Water, yeah. Can I lick the spoon? <laughs> that was a good joke. Yeah, that was they're bad. all they're all pretty good kid actors, I'll say like for what yeah. it was. Like yeah, I usually they, hate you, they can te- like they're on the line of super annoying when you're a kid actor. Like they're either gonna be entertaining or annoying, and I'm glad they were entertaining instead because they can get pretty bad. Yeah, so we get we finally get the title screen after that. It just says thanks, and there's like this little drawing of a boat that moves across the page, and it's um it's like the same intro screen we got that told us that it was like Plymouth in the year earlier, and um there's some music playing, uh and I wasn't um, to be honest, I don't know if that's 17th century music or not, so I couldn't say one way or another if it was accurate. It was like fife and drum, right? Yeah, yeah I think sure. it's the same. So is, is that the 17th century uh music situation? Yeah, you know, the, 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 the yeah, like Revolutionary <laughs> the, War the style. Yeah. yeah, the doodle loop. Yeah, <laughs> the doodle loop, as we call it. Yeah. I like that card. I'm gonna use is that. Is that what now. a fife is? <laughs> yeah, doodle loop. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys can't see, I'm I'm making a doodle loop with my fingers. Right, You're doing right. A like I'm playing a flute. I don't think you realize this, but explaining it by saying the same thing <laughs> is not helping the listener. No, that. So, so for those of you just listening, I'm just doing doodle loop with my fingers. <laughs> what does that mean? Classic doodle loop. So uh, for those of you listening, he's kind of like pantomiming as if he was playing a flute. If that helps you, what you don't know is he's sticking his fingers in his butt. <laughs> 
Doodle-loop. Doodle-loop. <laughs> I like that that's the notes for it. Doodle-loop. I mean, it kind of would be, right? So, <laughs> okay. Give it a shot. So, so coming past Stand up on your chair screen. and try it. Last time you stood up in your chair, it almost was disastrous. No, no, I'm not going to. No, because that's going to be the one clip that makes us go viral. He's, me he's somehow dressed more myself. normal now than he was that day. <laughs> so anyways, we, we now see the whole family together in the house. And uh, James is saying that the leak in the roof is almost a good thing because it means the snow is starting to melt. And then we uh, out pops Grammy, who is played by Cloris Leachman, uh, R.I.P. She passed uh, earlier this year, January 2021. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, you didn't know? Really? No, I, I just, I'm surprised it was that recent. Oh, yeah, it was very like recently. 10 years ago. No, like, she was on then. Dancing with the Stars like a couple years ago. Plus, like, a great in role 80s. in the office. Yep. And, uh, but she pops up, it was almost like there was just like a sheet hanging in the middle of like this area of the house, because it's like a one-room house, and just to like isolate herself, and um, she just kind of pulls it back to like, kind of rag on him for not being good with his hands. And uh, why are we even, like, letting him try to fix it? So now she's entering kind of that main part of the house where everyone else is, and she's still going on about him and how he... She told Polly not to marry him and that this is a mistake, and she's, like, slapping on the... I told you not to marry him. And then she replies with, but I love your son. So <laughs> that was, I'll say, the joke I didn't expect right there. So, the you know, the play that, you know, I told you not to marry him, but you're thinking that that's, you know, Polly's mother when, in fact, it's James's mother. This is that weird point of the show, too, where you were like, okay, so everybody on this, for the most part, not huge actors. Some people go on to do some stuff, but for the most part, it's a it's a pretty small cast, right? And then Cloris Leachman's, like, the big get. Like, oh, we'll get crass Cloris Leachman, and she plays that character in this. But I just kept thinking, like, was she hurting for money in 1999? Like, this is a weird thing for someone who's in, like, Mel Brooks movies to be like, fuck it, I'll do this pilgrim comedy where I make sex jokes. I got a yeah. Mel Gibbs movie vibe from the show, though. Not like yeah, I did too. quality, but it's like that on Monty Python, like a parody vibe. Like I will say this does feel like a Monty Python sketch. Do you know what this reminded me of? A show that we could never do but would fall into our purview? Heil Honey, I'm, honey home. I'm Home. Yep, this is very <laughs> Heil Honey, I'm Home. Oh, I'm picking that eventually. I normally say wait and see or like coming soon, but I feel like there's no way no, we can that's coming. That's that coming soon. <laughs> but yeah, you know what? You touched on it a little bit when you said sketch, and we'll get into it as we go along too, but I think um, one of my main things with this show is this felt, you know more like it should have been sketches a lot like this could have been something that was on snl where they Mad did like TV. a little sure not quite good enough for snl <laughs> this, is, this is this is like after the stewart sketch mad tv yeah this is like um but this felt like a lot because it's a lot of wink to the camera type lines in the episodes uh so i felt like this in small installments would work like the basic idea but it's tough to make this like a long standing show. I don't know. Like it, you know, the reality is the show only lasted six episodes and, you know, we'll get into writing was on the wall. (laughs) But how long, even if it was like well-received, like, could you really stretch out a show about these times, like in a comedy setting? I don't know. Look at that 70s show, right? You sort of pigeonhole yourself to this show. Technically can't go any longer than 10 years or uh, any high school show welcome freshman right welcome freshman is a great example God, after the first year show. of that show welcome freshman didn't go very long because of it though yeah right but they did two seasons and then they were just like oh hold the dumb kid back so he's still a freshman and then technically we can keep this conceit and the other guys are sophomores right so like right. you'll always find a way around it i think 
I just think there's not as much like in this episode, we we see a lot of times where they they sneak in a lot of rapid fire jokes. And we're going to talk about some of those in a minute, but you can only throw in so many references from this time period. There's only so much you can pull from. So you're going to find yourself repeating jokes after episode 20 because you've tackled everything there is to tackle at this point. You can say that with any sitcom. I think you're right, though. Repeating. As a comedy, you're right. But if it was a drama, like if this was on oh, like, yeah. Well, like yeah, the HBO and it was and, like and a sad pieces. drama about the wintertime, you Little could House go in the seasons. Prairie. Like I know that those shows aren't quite from those times, even, you know, the Pilgrim times are even sooner, but Bonanza, any old timepiece can last. Yeah, for sure. This but, must have bombed hardcore fast because it was deemed good enough, like after the pilot to get picked up as a series. But it only lasted six episodes, so like, yeah, yeah it probably didn't was not last. Well. Who who didn't said who last, said, "Hey, yeah. this show's got it. Let's make six. Let's make more episodes," and then like cut it off after like six. I kind of wish they just made this like a one hour or a ninety minute like yeah played I agree. on Thanksgiving. It should have been a movie type of thing, yeah, because that would have been like a funny footnote. The idea of trying to cash, like Jay said though, try to make this go longer as a comedy though is real tough. Yeah, because in serious shows, the thing is, and again, we're talking about this so early on in the episode, but a lot of things that they reference, whether it be the the spinning wheel or they were talking about his tools in a minute and all these things that are like, they're really trying to like pump out all these references to that time really, really early. I love the tool joke. In, uh, when you, but when Uh-oh. you're in a, in a serious show, you don't mention those things. They're just there. You know, it never gets brought up in that way. They're just living their lives normal. It's not like, hey, look at this thing which is how it's presented in these comedy shows. Yeah. I mean, I think it works better in small doses for sure. I mean, like I don't, but I also don't think they came into this thinking like this is the next friends. Like we're going to be laughing all the way to the bank 10 years from now. It's kind of like how cavemen worked as like a short commercial and then they made into a series and it was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 200. We do that. (laughs) Oh no. What do you mean? Epi- so episode one hundred. Yeah. Episode no, we don't agree. We're not, not the episode one hundred. Not deserve one hundred. Episode, episode two hundred when we revisit it and talk about it again. But yeah, to go on. So you know. So now, like uh, the mother, uh, Polly, she burns herself while she's cooking, and this is when we first meet the daughter Elizabeth, who walks up to her and she says, like, maybe one day they'll create this way to cook without an open flame. And then she kind of in, in great detail explains like the modern oven. And that's when I was like, I hate this. I absolutely hate this. And then like the, she's a witch. You're like, okay, I see where that this made, is going. That made me laugh. Yeah. That, yeah. That was the other sister, Abigail yells. She's a witch. And uh, James warns her not to joke like that. Cause most of the other colonists don't have the same sense of humor or any sense of humor. <laughs> see, <it's laughs> that's that's like that make me laugh. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's clever writing. <laughs> and, um, you know, I do and, like pointing uh, out that this was a dreary, dreary time. Yes. <laughs> well, the very the actual, little humor involved. The actual Salem witch trials were like a year later. This is, you know, 1621. And I think 1622 is when the witch trials started. So it is very, that was a topical reference. But yeah, Tichaba running around somewhere in the background. What? Was it Tichaba? What? Wasn't that what the name of the talking about? famous witch? Oh, or I don't the woman know. who said there no was a idea. witch? So I want to get back into the oven thing a little bit because that kind of joke, which was the first like nod to the camera, hey, we're aware of the future, wink, wink, this isn't, you know, how did you feel when that joke was told? Did that give you a different viewpoint to what the show is going to be? I, that that actually kind of made me like it a little bit more. Um, I don't know why I like, I like the fourth wall kind of breaking wink, wink to the camera. I don't know. I, I thought that that worked. 
I thought they they were already using like very obvious humor for the times, and that like dumbed it down even more. That's like how I took it at that point. I'll say this about the show: it starts very weak. Where I was like face palming early. Yeah. Like, oh my god! And I, I'm gonna say this already: it does get better. Where I think the show like gets stronger as it goes on. But I, I know what you're saying. That some of those those jokes nodding gonna get very cringy. Well, they threw them all out there right at the beginning, so you were like, "Oh, is this what this whole show is going to be?" Yeah. And yeah. Once they did that joke with kind of the fourth wall breaking joke, I I liked it more. I kind of went, "Okay, well, there might be more to this than meets the eye." Well, right after that joke was when it's a lot of rapid fire. That's I I had said before. That's when they. The, they mentioned the spinning wheel. They need a new spinning wheel when the next boat comes in. Uh, the the tool joke about it. He only has three tools. And <laughs> how do you keep doing that? I only have three. <laughs> yeah, and all this stuff was like it was so one after another that a lot of it didn't even like make sense to the story. They were just trying to again toss out as much stuff from this era as humanly possible at you. Like the spinning wheel thing meant nothing. They just wanted you to see that it was there. Oh, that, was set up, that was the setup that a boat was coming because she says there'll be one on the next boat that comes. Yeah, that at least moved the plot along because I mentioned that like the boat is coming, right? So you have that in, in your head now. But I feel like a lot of this too, it's maybe it's too much of people trying to get their stuff in because they think the show might not get greenlit in general. We're like, we see some of these shows you're like, they just keep rapid firing jokes hoping one lands and you get lost in it too especially for people like us take notes for it you're like uh, i'm pausing every two seconds because they just keep throwing something out at me yeah that was that like surprised me when i was because i went into this listen again we just picked the show at random so it's a, a simple sitcom about pilgrim times and we thought this was this will work for thanksgiving so i'm taking my notes i'm like this is taking me a lot longer than i expected and it's because they're throwing so much stuff at you, like line after line after line. But uh, from all that is when we also get to this point where we talked about the boat and Grammy mentions that if the boat comes and she starts talking about pirates. And at this point, you can tell that Grammy is very turned on by pirates, <laughs> like a weird turning point. Yeah, so it's like the very sexual Cloris Leachman <laughs> angle of this episode. <laughs> Made me laugh. Made me laugh when she was like, and they, oh no, is that later? That's in later. The episode? That's one of my yeah. favorite lines. We'll get yeah. into okay. it. Okay. All right. We'll <laughs> yeah. get to that. And that's what, yeah, because the pirates of is what closed out that scene. The next scene is where we get to the general store. And inside the store, we see James, who his like thumb is wrapped up, I think, from when he was attempting to fix the roof earlier. And he's talking to his son, William. And William asks how long it's going to take until the thumbnail falls off. He's like, oh, usually about a week. So you're under the impression that this happens a lot where he injures his thumb and the nail completely falls off. Yeah, because then he says, can I keep it? I'll put it with the, my others. Yeah. So it's like his, is... his hobby is to keep his fucked up dad's finger. <laughs> yeah. It's what, very, what's, very strange. What's his response, though? He says, like, you're a weird kid or something. Yeah. Like, like so like, even for those times, it's not, yeah, it's not supposed to be normal. It's very strange that his son has a thumbnail collection. <laughs> I will say, though, too, we see tropes constantly, right? We spend a lot of our lives watching sitcoms and analyzing them. I love the dad who thinks he's handy but isn't trope. It's when done well, it's funny. When done not well, it's still sort of funny. Like, this was really good, I thought, the whole... And then turning into, like, you're a weird kid. Like, that's the kind of breaking the <laughs> what time of the world we're in thing I think is pretty funny. I love yeah, that I guess... he says it in a positive way. Like, you're a weird kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's always lighthearted about it. He's always op optimistic. Yeah, I guess you want to keep it, like, I don't know, relatable in a way. So even a show that's a timepiece, you want something that's... I, I, I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I, I don't know what to say. But yeah, next we see Mrs. Sturges enters the room. She's one of the customers, and they begin to talk. 
and he talks about how it's like a beautiful day and people are finally going outside to air out their clothes and drag out the bodies of loved ones. <laughs> <laughs> the dark under. Uh, yeah, not everybody show. made it through the winter. Well, the reality yeah. is these times were very dark, right? It was not a great time <laughs> to live in America in its first, you know, few years. But these jokes are so morbid and you go from the, the thumbnail falling off joke to the next joke being about dragging out your dead loved ones because the winter's over. I was like, what is all this? Yeah, they skirt a weird line and go back and forth on like, this is very lighthearted to this is really dark, but we're, we're like grinning when we say it and you're sort of thrown <laughs> for a second. You're like dead loved ones. And the show, not to go ahead, but like even the end of the show, you're like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> you know, like they, they yeah. really push yeah. it. I was going to say that when you see these time pieces, like that that whole, like, that's another trope. Like, bring out your dead. You know, that's a famous, what was it, Monty Python? Yeah, movie. well, it's a famous thing, too, during the plague. That's like what they actually said. Yeah, so, I mean, but like anytime you have these, like, really ancient time pieces, they always reference, like, oh, yeah, people didn't make it. You know, I had to bury them in the backyard or something like that, so... I thought it was funny. I don't know. I mean, you, you know what Notice flagged me at this Check point? Check Gordo's backyard. I don't have one, thank you very much. I live in an apartment in the city. He leaves I his bodies in the basement. Check Gordo's but, furnace. But, uh, you know, at this point, because it's now established that it's like James's store, and I was like, why are they so hungry then? Like, I get, like, business isn't good, but you're, you're eating nothing but boiled water for days now, and you have well, a I store. I the store with, like, was closed the whole time. Yeah, it was yeah, closed, but... The next day he had stuff in it to open the store, right? So, like, why are you down to eating, like, nothing but water the day before if you have a store that's full of things? Because there was no snow was. You can't get high in your own supply. But, I mean, if well, it, but you could like, die not starving without your supply. Yeah, I mean, they, they, I'm, I'm, you don't have to, like, go crazy, but, like, you know, maybe bring home, like, a few bites to eat. <laughs> take yeah, home Jay, some that's grain. a great point. I didn't think of it that way. But, like, the whole rest of the episode, the young son is like, Dad, can I have some candy? And he's like, yeah, yeah, there's candy in the back. And everyone's yeah. like, I'm sick of eating water. It's like, you own a store that was full of candy all winter. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to eat Starburst for dinner in. every night, no, it but was, It filled the whole doorway. Yeah, Starburst was one doorway. of the more popular uh, candies in colonial times, if my memory serves me correct, right? But back then, they, so, only yeah. had, they only had yellow ones back then? Oh, it was terrible. It was a tough time, but you made yeah, it. Yeah, it was, it was the dark times of the, of, the, of the country, so they only had yellow Starburst. I still throw the yellow away. I would never throw them away. Dude, the yellow's I'm sorry, good. I set them aside. All right? I don't Do you eat a yellow away. with a pink at the same time? Get out of here. I'm never, you're wrong. I, you know, I'll be you're never going to make it through the winter for red I don't think pink I'm, all day. I don't I think I've ever all red ate pecs. two Starbursts at the same time. And I'm really? a big dude. And I don't the think the yellow and that. pink is a great combo at the same time. I'll keep that in mind. But I think my, by the way, I know it's like universal now that your favorite is supposed to be pink. Red is like right up there with it. It's like 1A, 1B. I couldn't say that pink is definitively my favorite over red. I feel the same way. I'm happy when I get either. Yeah. Red's too strong. I like the pink and the lighter taste. And I wouldn't necessarily say that yellow is eons worse than orange. They're, those are pretty neck and neck too. I like orange a lot. Uh, that's new though. I used to put orange aside as well. Orange is always my least favorite, but I feel like I'm with Jay on this one that like maybe they're neck and neck too. And at the end of the day, I enjoy all four. I would never, if you gave me like a bunch of yellow and orange Starburst, I wouldn't be like upset. I'd be like, oh, I wish they were the other colors, but I will I'd be still, fine. I still stand by though. The biggest false bullshit thing that's been perpetrated, 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 perpetrated on us as humans yeah. in the candy world in the past 10 years is the removal of lime and Skittles and the addition of green apple because the 
the flavors don't taste the same together. The green apple throws it off completely. And now when I buy Skittles, the same way that you throw out some Starburst, I'll buy a bag of Skittles, pour all of them out, and now throw away every green one. And then I buy the orchid Starbur- or Skittles that have lime in them, and I pour all those out, and then I add the limes back into them. So you take it to a whole new level. <laughs> It's the only way to make classic Skittles unless you buy European Skittles, which still have lime in them, but instead of grape, they've got blackcurrant, so it's a slightly different flavor again. I thought they reintroduced lime into the Skittles recently, like within the last couple of years. That was like a limited edition, and I still haven't been able to find them. I'll say this. I like the green apple, but not with the others. Like Individually, I think the green apple one's tasty. On its own, it's good. It does not mix with the other flavors, though. Then why don't you throw them out? Just set them aside, and then you can have a handful of green ones at the end. I'm too afraid I'll mess it up and put a one in there. It's like when <laughs> my old job, we used to That's have... That's insane. Um, this is insane. We used to have a candy machine that one side was Skittles and one side was um, Reese's Pieces. And every once in a while, I would take out some of the orange Skittles and put them into the Reese's, just knowing that eventually somebody would get the most bummer handful of candy ever. And I feel like there's probably karma coming back around on me on that. So You're I just an awful throw man. That would ruin my experience. <laughs> Next time I'm in Europe, Joe, I'll pick you up regular Skittles. I would very much appreciate that. I will pay the tariff and... Uh, Shoot you some some uh, no tourist tariff. money. No tariff, right before he hands them over, I'm gonna slap him on the. I'll ground, suitcase though. them for you, Joe. Oh, perfect! No tariff that way. Right Is before he hands them, I'm, I'm gonna sneak some orange Reese's pieces in them and make you eat it. <laughs> <laughs> no, even worse. Put some yeah, put some green apple skills in there. Take all the orange and green out and replace them with Reese's pieces and green apple. <laughs> that would be my living hell. <laughs> So uh, back to the store, uh, Mrs. Sturges uh, then tries to return a chicken that she bought and claims that from the moment it got in the house, it was acting strange. And then when he looks in the bag, it's just a bag of bones. So essentially, she ate a chicken, she boiled and ate the chicken, and is now trying to return it to get uh, some money back and goes as far to claim that she has a receipt. I guess it's possible receipts existed, right? It didn't mean they had to print out naturally. They could be handwritten receipts. You think they were doing that in those times, though? Oh, 100%. No. They were doing ledgers. That's where we get a ledger from. I guess there was a lot like, of taxation. They were doing that as... Right? They were doing... Well, no, 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 no. But, I mean, merchants would keep ledgers of what they sold for inventory purposes. They were doing that as far back as, like, the 1200s. So it would have been quill written. Yeah. Learned that, and uh, we went to a marketplace museum underneath uh, Krakow. And Krak- like, underneath the Krakow House? Yes, underneath the Krak House. And... uh yeah, I guess it was crazy how merchants, like, you really had to go to school because each different region had their own way of measurement, and you had to convert each measurement and know how to read it. It was really strange. I'll tell you about it later, but it, it was really interesting, I will say. Also, Did you get a t-shirt the from 13... there commemorating the world's strangest measurements as well as the world's largest I actually orange. did. <laughs> I actually got to stand on a scale that told me what my weight was in cubits and what my weight would be in something else. And you have How a many cubits were you? It wasn't a lot. Oh, well, I don't send that, that photo, picture, Gordon. We should yeah. post that picture on Instagram. Yeah, which you can find at S1E1Pod on Instagram, by the way. So if we if Gordo can unearth that photo, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and post that for you. I will ask the uh, keeper of the records of the ledgers where where that is. Also, yes. it's uh, a bit of a time honored tradition, right? The uh, to go back to Mrs. Sturges, the using something and then trying to return it. Like people do that with clothes and things like that all the time to this day. But she kept the bones in the house for an entire winter. <laughs> we can make soup. Yeah, they're right, probably cleaned like off. Soup to make the bones and everything, you kind of the bones whittle away a little bit at that point. Use it to make the broth. 
Listen, oh. it's hard times. You can make if you're gonna tools. present him with a bag of bones, it doesn't matter if they're like a little withered at this point. I guess that's true. You're still going for the bones thing. It's, yeah. They were bones. I'm just being marrow minded. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> and uh, you know, to go back, you mentioned Jamestown earlier. She walks off saying that uh, she was going to take her business elsewhere when he refused to return them. And he said, "Where are you going to head to, Jamestown? Like, what are you going to oh, walk yeah. all the way over there to, to return your chicken bones?" I always think it's a weird thing because people will sometimes you'll talk to somebody who's not from New England and they're like, "Everything here is so old," and you're kind of like, oh, "Yeah, I guess it really is, or whatever." But then, like Gordo just mentioned, he was in Poland, like. I imagine Europe just laughs at us so hard. Like, oh, is it old there? Oh, yeah. is it old in New England? They do. They do. It's, uh, it's strange to see, like, like, when we were in Krakow, the city was saying how they were sacked by the Mongols. There were, like, <laughs> actual sites. Nuts. Yeah, they were sacked by these nuts. Um, <laughs> no, but, like, certain areas were, like, were still standing from, like, a battle with the Mongols. So think about how far back that is i mean but we do live in the oldest part of the uh country of the yeah. colonized country correct yeah so I, I we just we hype man it <laughs> <laughs> the dave episode still in ferg's head so yeah after mr sturges leaves uh that's when like the mother and elizabeth step back in or and elizabeth needs to go to the dentist but she's afraid of going because she thinks it's gonna hurt and he like he bends over to him he's like oh sweetie like of course it's gonna hurt dentistry i assume at that time was not very advanced i also like that level of parenting for have you ever just been like that like i'm afraid it's gonna be bad and you're like oh yeah yeah <laughs> no question <laughs> tell him to man up and there you go my only thing with that joke too I, I did get a little bit of a laugh out of it but i felt like it was like the 10th time that it was like we get it everything sucks like all the jokes are just like man everything really sucks here <laughs> and after a while it's like all right can we move on from that basic joke each time yeah it's constantly just like boy it's hard here yeah it's like we've established that already you've, you've really drilled that in the first five minutes of the episode but now uh two men enter the store i couldn't tell were they supposed to be like priests or I judges. don't know if they would. I think judges, but I don't I know. I was going to actually ask sure. the group the same thing. Like, they were magistrates, so they, they had were the thing around their neck, like Gordo. <laughs> they were. They were. Um, because I think he refers to one of them as magistrate or and a constable, and the other one's a constable. So right, it's basically definitely... that a, a cop, basically a cop and a judge. They're like yeah. holy cops, though, aren't they? <laughs> well, I think everybody was holy something at that point. Yeah, it was very I mean religious. they were Puritans. Everybody yeah. was. Holy. And they come in arguing as, about sin. Well, so. yeah, they, they they ask James to help them settle a debate because they want to know which is a worse sin, dancing or thinking about dancing. And at that moment, I was like, can we please get a colonial footloose? Yep. <laughs> like, where's Lithgow? Put Lithgow in on this. <laughs> Kevin Bacon just dances across the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Bacon in a turkey dancing around. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, they're going back and forth arguing about which is worse. And then um, the thinner of the two says, shut up, you festering bag of pus. Which is that going to make its way into our cultural lexicon? Is that going to be like, welcome to S1E1, all you festering bags of pus? Do we start bringing that in? (laughs) Yeah, maybe like when it's Halloween time again next October, that's how I'll greet everybody. (laughs) Welcome, you festering bag of pus. (laughs) Oh, I can't get pus from there. So, uh, you know, so after the argument, um, they eventually they walk off and we see Polly. Now she's just standing there smiling because she's now thinking about dancing that that dirty sin. And now he's thinking about dancing. So they make plans for Saturday to send out his mother and the kids to go pick berries all day so they can dance until the cows come home. And then the little joke on that was, and what time is that? Oh, about four, four thirty, because the cows really do come home. 
Kind of like the idea of the cows just kind of go out and have a day and then yeah. make it back. <laughs> we get that sitcom. <laughs> to be fair, we're not. I'm sure that they pitched this as a spinoff. They were like, and if this show does really well, we can do the cows. <laughs> the cows come home. Either way, we know it would be better than cavemen. So no, 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 no. <laughs> I can't wait. I mean, we're gonna keep talking about this all the time, but eventually, you guys are gonna watch Caveman and see it for what it was—a phenomenal show gonna take you another 170 or so weeks so gear up episode 100 is not 170 episodes away but in any event so yeah so after that she leaves and enters a man acting very strange and he has like a mask covering like just his eyes like a zorro type mask and he's attempting to hold up the place with like a musket gun and i'll I'll say this was maybe the first thing in the episode i found to be like genuinely funny was the idea of holding up a store with like the musket i laughed at this from the beginning of it knowing where it was going like i didn't i (laughs) I started laughing before being like is he gonna try to load a blunderbuss inside of the store (laughs) and then uh james realizes that that guy is cotton that's his name is cotton and um actor is uh jim rash so ferg he also plays dean pelton on community another show we covered earlier on in the show and i think had you not tipped me off that he was in the episode i wouldn't have caught that right away i didn't notice until i know i the voice i, I was gonna say it was his voice thought it like, was, to look i originally at him. thought it was chris elliott at first like when he would just normally talk i'm like no nah, that's yeah. definitely not him and then it took my second watch through i got a good look at his face and i'm like oh shit that's the guy from community yeah the face tipped you off way more than his appearance he looked very different at you know between this show and community it, it may a- have been what was community like 2010 yeah it's only like 10 years difference which is crazy though yeah but i've seen him in a few different things and he's always bald so this is the first time i've seen him with a full like head of hair and yeah i'm sure that was a wig but it could yeah it could have been a wig especially because it was like a colonial time themed show but he just kind of yeah. had standard long hair but uh during the exchange he has like the gun pointed at james and that's when like the ball falls out of it <laughs> and uh he's like cotton i've known you for years i can't believe you'd try to rob me and, he, and Khan's like, it's not my fault. I'm the victim here. He, he said, uh, you know, he, he was never even supposed to leave England. He was, uh, he got drunk at a tavern one night and he woke up and he was on the Mayflower. It's like the, uh, I like to think that he was actually playing poker and he won his tickets on the Mayflower, like an uh, opening scene Titanic. of Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, his friend was... died later on that night, frozen to death in the water. He said he uh, he lost his crops and his livestock, and it, that's what's driven him to this life of crime. Or had he, you know, had James cooperated, life of crime, but failed. And now James is... calls everyone together. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, this is weird because it seems like the kind of, again, we always go with like sitcom tropes, right? Like, okay, here comes the wacky neighbor or whatever. Here's the yeah, wacky Yeah, always character. like that goofy comedy relief character. But I also feel like everybody's sort of been that character. Everybody plays that same role in this show. I like, feel like every single character men. has told the joke. Every single yeah. character has told the joke at some point so far this episode. Yeah, everyone's wacky. Yeah. And maybe that's kind of where this went wrong a little bit too is... The comedy's coming from all directions because they're just trying to force in jokes constantly because literally every single character tells a joke at some point. But now James calls everybody together and I, first off, I'm like, where did all these people even come from? Because it, people who had left the store are now magically back in the store. Now there's additional people who are in the store. But he calls everyone together and uh, he wants to throw a party. But those the two men from earlier with the argument about the dancing are there and staring at him. So he doesn't want to use words like party and fun because dancing. these things, yeah, dancing, these things are not allowed. But eventually, Polly says, come by tonight at eight. We're going to open up the last barrel of beer. So everyone, there's going to be some sort of a party later in this episode. Now, do you think they abstained from beer 
through the whole winter or did they have so much of it and they were all just getting boozed up or do you think that they're just like let's save one i, I imagine know. that they 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 used to drink it with, with all their meals yeah it's like a thing with meals yeah well yeah like i mean it didn't alcohol wasn't i don't think considered one of those like those drugs that the puritans yeah i think it was just way. more it was more of like a rations thing the fact that they're on their yeah. like, last barrel was just more it's the last barrel like they should not have made yeah, like holy wine <laughs> if they're puritans <laughs> Well, I was going to say, they know that the ship is coming in yeah. soon, so they can open up the last barrel. That's true, too. Yeah, the next ship should have Valid, supplies yeah. on it. And now the um, the next scene is the dentist's office. Uh, James and Polly bring Elizabeth into the dentist, and she's still very nervous about it. She she said earlier how she was scared that it would hurt, and as they're trying to comfort her, you just hear, like, this terrible screaming coming from, like, the other room, which the first time it happened, like, it was super expected, but it did make me laugh a little bit. This also felt very much like a Mel Brooks joke. The scream, like, it, it, it definitely had that, like, that old mel brooks or even like i'm like the monty python we keep saying like vibe to it yeah this is like the scene in robin Hood men in tights where they go to get the circumcisions and he's like does it hurt and then you hear the scream come from the other you know like that's <laughs> exactly. the exact same sort of vibe and then the nurse comes downstairs to greet them and offers like a complimentary leech to help with the swelling and uh <laughs> she uh she declines but you know the nurse says bleeding is your friend and as you hear more screaming in the back says she's getting a headache and like just grabs a leech out of this jar and sticks one to her head and walks away. Now, we get bleeding leech, is your friend. Is that, was that a period joke? No. Oh, I didn't read it that way. That's not how I took it. Me either. I, I, I wasn't sure. That's why I'm asking. No, I don't. She I don't says it to the daughter who's, you know, getting to that age. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think it was about that. No, I, I think it was, I think just it was that. about bloodletting. And this is the girl from Swim Fan, right? Yep. That's yeah. the only... She's in a ton of stuff. That's the only thing I recognize her from was, was um, the daughter from Swim Fan. A story arc on no, SVU a, no, that's, that I remember. No, I'm sorry. That's the other daughter. Abigail is from um, right, 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 Swim yeah. Fan. This, this, oh, this, uh, this one's not from anything. I looked up all the Oh, kids this is the younger too. one. Yeah, a lot of these they were kids famous didn't do now. much. Yeah, at this point, I think the swim fan one, Abigail, all she did is call her other sister, sister a witch so far. I think that's right. the only thing she said. But uh, yeah, so now they're they're sitting there waiting a little bit longer, and they grab these like papers, which is, I guess, to kind of emulate having magazines sitting like at a normal dentist office in modern day. And the mother sees one of them and reads that the new spring color is going to be black. That like made another. me laugh, too. Really? No, that, that was too corny. That one got you? I laughed yeah, at it. I liked that they're they, they all they're they're always, I love Plymouth the literal fashion. jokes. Um, but, but yeah, and after that, uh, we hear more screaming. Polly suggests maybe they should come back another day, but uh, James is quick to point out like it took forever to get this first appointment, and uh, that's because he's apparently like the best dentist in the area. I would uh, argue probably the only dentist in the area, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like, I was like, how hard can it be when he's the only dentist? Again, I, I, th I think that was the joke, but I'm not positive. Yeah, I don't think it was a very good joke, but I think it was the joke, right? Because it would have been the same thing as, like, the next store is in Jamestown, and exactly, the next dentist yes. is in Jamestown as well. So now the door opens, and we see a man bandaged up walking out. He's in an incredible amount of pain who's just leaving the dentist. And that's when, Ferg, as you said earlier in the episode, although from, um, from Beetlejuice. And I'm like, whoa, what? 
This is literally the only other thing I've ever seen him in. No, it's Glenn Shaddix. He was in uh, a bunch of shit. Remember, have you ever seen Dunstan Checks In? Great movie. He is in Dunstan. All right, I'm a liar. That dude had a. That dude actually had a super sad life. He was like, he was gay. He came out early. His uh, his parents tried to convert him at one of those camps that included like electrotherapy and shit. He tried to kill himself. After that, he moved to Los Angeles. This uh, Beetlejuice was actually one of his first roles, I think. And uh, and then when he was like 56, 57, he fell in the kitchen, hit his head, and died. Nick, you haven't said anything for like a half hour, and you come back with this like depressing <laughs> shit. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I, was, I was all excited. I was like, "Hey, it's a guy from Beetlejuice." Like a funny thing. I, everything he, I, he was, he's kind of like a Richard Kind for me. Like every time he pops up, it's like, "Oh, cool, that guy." You know. I always just think of Beetlejuice. Like I wouldn't even. I'm sure he's in a ton of stuff I've seen, but I. I think anytime I see him, I just go, oh, it's the guy from Beetlejuice. He's also in like Nightmare Before Christmas, but obviously you don't see his face. So I think he was like, he's the great. And he has a great feint in uh, Demolition Man. <laughs> wow. He's in a lot of shit I like. <laughs> yeah. uh, not to cut ahead, too, but I'm, I'm waiting for Nick to jump in next week's episode. Has like a similarly awful story for one of the character actors. Oh, great. Uh, but yeah, so now we see him and uh, he goes up to Elizabeth with like these gigantic, were they pliers? What tool is that? I'm bad with tools myself. I'm much yeah. like James Whitmer. I'd say they're pliers. They looked like the, yeah. um, I forget the name of them, but they're like a, for they look like the things you hold in the fire to like make like nails and shit. Yeah, I but they they're, they're oh, it has something to do with shoes. Like cobblers use them. It's a shoe. Something I forget. It doesn't matter. But yeah, so for argument's sake, I'll call them pliers. If I'm wrong, you can correct me. Find us at any of our Big social media. Pliers. Yeah, S one E one pod. <laughs> But Big yeah, so he grabs those. It's a trademark name. Yeah, so he he's going to like go up to um to they're actually the daughter called cobbler to, to like pliers. pull him out. Oh, okay, so they are <laughs> pliers. Nice. So um, mm, and she uh then she asks if uh, he should clean it first, and he's like, well, why? And then she kind of gets into this long thing about well, what about passing disease from person to person? Which again, in these times, is a foreign concept. And then she basically describes germs in a way the, the same way she described an oven earlier in the episode. So at this point, I'm like, oh, so this is going to be like the theme of the show, right? Elizabeth is going to be the one who just makes modern references and talks about it like just this would be a great idea. Yeah, this this is stupid. <laughs> I actually thought it was really funny. See, I didn't think it was very funny the first time, but the second time you were like, uh, I was like, oh no, what's this we're doing here? And I haven't seen any other episodes, but I'm sure this continues on. So it's not, it's not the joke itself that made me laugh. It was the next scene and not even, I'll wait for us to get it, but that really made me laugh. Right. Because after she says that James is like, oh, well she has a healthy imagination and uh the dentist is like it sounds more like black magic and then they cut to her outside i don't know what that thing the is stocks. called the stocks yeah. where your head yeah. and your hands are like through the piece of wood and right. you, you just stand there to be publicly shamed right that's the, the only point hands, of it i think right i love i love that she's still optimistic about it and like yeah she's locked up but she's like my feet can hit the ground now <laughs> like, <laughs> right like which my means little girl's growing up yeah, it's not her first time in there, right? Because <laughs> she's seeing her own human growth through her ability to stand there. And also, they've not... been there a year, and we're to understand that 90 days of it were basically house-ridden, right? So she's been in the stocks enough times for him to say, my girl's growing up because her feet at the ground. That hey, those did... kids, they grow quick. They grow quick. <laughs> I guess so, because that would have been like, what, 150 days? Well, even at that age, you'd think like right before the winter or something. Yeah, she probably was a little bit shorter at that point. So good for her. Hey, these kids hit spurts like out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden, you're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, buy them new shoes. You'll see. Yeah, and that's so while she's cobbler. in there. That's when her, her mom reminds her, you know, just because you think it doesn't mean you should say it. And then, uh, 
the dentist walks up to her uh, again because I, I don't I don't know why he's like the logistics of the scene right like this happens he accuses her of whatever and they put her in this but now he's still just around to finish the dentist job like but he brings I mean, up he those... did say he's the best all right yeah. he's, he's living up it, to his reputation yeah it's that customer service yeah so he, <laughs> he comes back up with the what we now know to be cobbler pliers and uh, he's like wait a minute and he because she's in the stock like is like this is perfect because you know she can't move or squirm so now he wants to get one for his office and that closes out that scene so uh, now we enter back into the general store and we're at the party you know that they invited everybody to and um the first one that they've thrown in america they said but also say that it's just as bad as all the ones that they threw in england i guess a bad host is a bad host no matter where you are right right so james and polly walk up to this other couple uh mr and mrs tongsley and you know i wanted to mention before early on we talked about chris farley and i said we'd bring it up later mr tongsley is actually john farley the youngest brother of chris farley i don't know as opposed to kevin farley from together correct I wish it was Kevin Farley. And yeah, so, uh, you know, they ask the Tungsleys, you know, what have you guys been doing? Uh, These long nights trapped in the house with nothing to do. And the wife turns and... Uh, you expose her pres- her pregnant stomach. So uh, we know what they've been doing to pass the time. And- but also his quote is so very spot on to how, I mean, we've, how many New England winters have we had? Long dreary nights trapped in a snowbound house with nothing to do. Like that's, yep, that's like February. Yeah, and imagine <laughs> then before electricity yeah before fucking tiger king or whatever right but uh the thing i wanted to note though is when he delivered like what voice is he using that like his is like it was just like really raspy matter of fact he, he really reminds robotic. me of the, the guy who plays the tech his name's just gonna right say now. it but i didn't want to bring up patrick Seinfeld. warburton he sounded like he's doing a putty yeah, accent, yeah. Which patrick warburton he sounds like he's doing an impression of him he does it, yeah it was a little bit more like gritty but yeah it, it, it had that really like stiff strong delivery to it it's almost like he's doing a combination of patrick warburton and the guy who's in the adam sandler movies who does the deep voice yeah like the like uh the, the, the cross-eyed guy, guy from, boy, yeah. yeah who from adam sandler he's the, uh, one of the buddies who's like always there yeah not oh, yeah when like in little nick he's like hey, devil guy yeah. that guy just stole your yeah. shit yeah. his friend who's next to him was like oh, yeah <laughs> i hope this uh, gets my audition for voice work after this <laughs> If you're auditioning to be like the new singer of Creed, I think that's what, what that voice that you were just doing a second ago was. I'll take it. Probably pays pretty well. <laughs> so, yeah. So, James asks uh, the other guy how he even finds time for all these uh, private moments because they have 11 children in a one-room house. And I guess he just basically yells at them and they run away, right? What do you say? Like, what are you talking at? <laughs> and then they just all scatter. Yeah, what are you gawking at? Oh, gawking at. That, that makes way more sense. I'm like, what are you talking at? <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> at? <laughs> that makes more sense. So, um... So I guess they just run out of the house and then he fucks his wife real quick. That's that's the plan. Yeah, I mean, that seems like a pretty good day, right? As long as it's before 4.30. Or is it after 4.30 because it's a party? Well, they don't have like a cows come home stipulation in um, the Tingsley house. That's true. No, I guess well, that scare we the of. kids away and fuck situation yeah. and uh because they have 11 kids they said that they're out of family names so they want polly to name it and she's like oh that's so touching and she's like okay so what's the name gonna be she's like right now and it's a lot of pressure to put on somebody oh yeah hey can you name my baby like right now this is not even a mention if it's a boy or a girl yet and uh they <laughs> she says that these pregnancies are going by quicker and quicker i don't know how that's possible but i think maybe she means the labor in general but the last time she was pregnant the baby popped right out because she was laughing while at a public execution (laughs) 
again, the really dark, morbid humor in this. Yeah, the dark <laughs> jokes I love are funny. It. I really do. <laughs> it's weird because all the jokes are really morbid, but the delivery is very goofy. It's like very silly humor, but very dark jokes. It's all said with a smile and like a, a beat sort of timber. Yeah. So now James gathers everybody in the room, which it looks like it's at least 20 plus people at this party. It was actually a pretty full set by like standard like sitcom party standards there was actually a lot of people in this room and uh he's he's like oh it looks like this like gathering is like lifting everyone's spirits and everyone's like completely stone-faced and then he makes a beheadle joke <laughs> because again it's all very dark humor throughout this whole show and that also got no no response and his wife's like i begged you not to do political humor <laughs> a timeless joke yes <laughs> so then um he brings like the reverend up to speak to everyone and this like, is my favorite character in the entire show reverend goodacre it starts with his initial delivery is very like slow and methodical and i didn't know where it was going he's like well there you are and then he just starts screaming like fornicators sinners and uh he's Community yelling at, announcement yeah and then uh, gets cut off for a quick uh mention of uh a uh, couple's wedding anniversary, like their seventh uh, anniversary. And then uh, it turns out that the husband had just died of pneumonia. So I guess he didn't make it to the anniversary. And then he says, oh, well, condolences to the widow because your husband is now burning. <laughs> just screaming he's burning in hell. I fucking lost it at this. Me too. I thought it was going to be like, oh, she's now widowed and he was going to like flirt with her. I thought that's where the joke was Oh, you was thought going. he'd be like, try to slide in on it? Right, right. And finding out that she's like newly available. But yeah, no, apparently instead it was to, <laughs> to just mention that your husband is burning in hell. Another joke that falls, this one, I feel a lot of them have fallen pretty squarely into the Mel Brooks, but we feel like they're kind of uh, Monty Python. This one falls into Monty Python with a little Thank bit God. of Mel Brooks. This is like, you can just see Eric Idle or John Cleese screaming burning in hell while like jumping right. up and down and now uh he leaves like the stage i, I won't say stage but the, the the platform and james is back up and he's trying to be positive again and trying to raise everyone's spirits and like we're pilgrims we got this and uh as he's talking cotton runs into the room to inform everyone that the that next boat that they had referenced earlier has actually been spotted and it should be docking by tomorrow so now everyone's you know like pretty pretty pumped up and everyone's basically like yeah we're all going back to england and uh, they're like basically cheer like who's forgiving up <laughs> and they're just all uh very much on the same board everyone but james i love the who's forgiving up that is a really fun yeah little throwaway line like the acknowledgement that. that that like this is this is the sad answer but let's do it and the mother's line of, of about uh you were right this did raise everyone's spirits <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they give Clarice leachman a lot more to do from like now to the end of the episode like she <laughs> is pretty rapid fire for the rest of the what's five minutes left or whatever yeah so now that and, and now that everyone like runs out of the party now because they're ex i don't know they're so excited that they're just all going home to pack immediately i guess right but now it's just leaving uh everyone everyone's gone but james and uh polly so if the grammy was at the party who is watching the kids i imagine that's when like fans watching them because she's 14 yeah she yeah, yeah for no her age watch, but where are they gonna go that's midlife <laughs> back then that's true. But um, so now it's just the two of them alone. And he's like, well, what do we do now? And Polly suggests they, they finish off the beer and they pretend it's Saturday because that was the day that they were going to send the kids off to go pick berries. <laughs> and she tosses her hat off. It was that. And I tried looking it up. It, uh, a coif. Is that what that was? Like a bonnet. Yeah. She tosses that at him and from off camera. And he goes, oh, I love it when I get to see your hair. <laughs> That's another really funny joke. 
now that I know where Ferg's humor lies in the show, like now I know that he would find that funny. <laughs> Every time, like I've like shook my head at a, at a joke. Apparently, Ferg thinks it's hilarious, but actually, that one I thought was decent. I feel like across town, you two are doing the same thing in opposite <laughs> directions. Like you're going like this, and he's going like this yeah. at the exact same moment. Yeah, so, it's um, like Gordo, Gordo's, uh, what is it, Laurel and Hardy? Joke. No, Abbott and Costello. Abbott and Costello. Joke. Yeah, yeah. Costello. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I? Bl- what episode was that from? That was from a very recent episode. Mad about you. Mad about you. All right. Yeah. So uh, like two weeks ago, yeah. Uh, which you can listen to in the archives uh, again. So if you haven't, if you're just catching up with us now, which I to, to be completely honest, no one is catching us for the first time. I think on the Thanksgiving episode where we cover thanks, but oh, you pilgrims are, but or somebody are, who acted on the show, thanks, <laughs> right? But uh, so if you're catching us for the first time, go back a couple weeks. You can listen to the Mad About You episode and listen to all our old episodes for that matter. But yeah, uh, so now we're at the next day, and Grammy's asking how the going out of business sale is. She's just she's glowing at the idea that he's going to close down his store and they're going to move back to England. And he informs her that he's not leaving. So uh, she leaves and now it's just him and Cotton sitting there. And Cotton talks about how he's also going to be leaving and he's like, he's not a farmer. He's, even the cows don't listen to me. I, I didn't, there was a joke there, but I didn't think that one landed about cows listening to him. I, I thought that was a little flat. A little spotty. Waka waka. So now Abigail enters the room and uh, asking if they're really going to stay. And he says that, you know, like, we built a home here. And Grammy's like, you built a home, a crappy one. <laughs> the Cloris Leitrim just starts going off. And this is also where you get, like, filthy pirate sex talk hour <laughs> for the next, like, 10 minutes of this yeah. episode. <laughs> the stop it doesn't work on old Blackjack. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's when Abigail's uh so yeah, that's when Abigail and Grammy start talking and she asked Grammy to just tell her more pirate stories. So I guess like that whole pirate fetish thing is a family trait, right? Uh apparently. I don't know why, but it does seem to be true. Well her pirate stories always have a good hook in them. (laughs) (laughs) But uh yeah, so Thank you, Ferg, for indulging me. (laughs) So uh show's got me in that state of mind, you're lucky. But uh to go back a second when um when Grammy mentions how crappy the house is, the roof came up in conversation, and Cotton offered to fix the roof in exchange for James helping him get on the boat because uh, Cotton wants to just be like a stowaway on this boat back to England. So the agreement now is, in return for me helping you get on this boat, you have to fix my roof before you leave. So James runs off to do that, and uh, uh, Cotton rather runs off to do that. James is excited because first off, the roof's gonna get fixed, and, and he liked the the spirited nature of, of neighborly love. He's like, this is neighbor helping neighbor, and he said, ask <laughs> ask not what your colony can do for you, but what you can do for your colony. Is this um is this maybe because JFK's from Massachusetts? Yeah, I take that as like a, let's throw a Kennedy's reference in there. Like they're just trying to pump in some Massachusetts, but like I feel like we'll with fix a lot this of, roof, not because it's easy, <laughs> but because it's hard. I felt like a lot of the <laughs> jokes in this show that even like, wow, well, <laughs> you, you got them. <laughs> Sorry, Gordo. <laughs> that was really good. All right, that, that, was, that was really. Good. Did you feel like a lot of the jokes that even work for us that were kind of silly work because we, this group of people talking, are from Massachusetts? Do you think a lot of these would land the same to a casual watcher? Because I feel like a lot of this show in general caters to this area. Like even the That's snow in the beginning was like. New England winter is like, we get the joke. Oh, it's first day of spring and there's six feet of snow. Like, it's I don't not know just if that New England, though. The entire north, <clears throat> northern, uh, or, you know, not the entire part, but Ohio, Michigan, Minnesota. The Midwest. Uh, like, well, yeah, uh, that, that one yeah, joke. And, and pe- people know that 
they had a terrible first winter there, and that's what Thanksgiving's all about is friggin' uh, Native Americans um, helping them. But I just feel like that was a lot of, like, a lot of these jokes are very regional specific. And again, I don't know because this is where we're from. I feel like we are taught the history of all this stuff probably a little deeper than other parts of the country because this is so enriched in this area. Not that it's skipped in class. I'm sure all kids know about the first Thanksgiving and pilgrims and and all that and how we this country was founded, but because we I mean the only difference is is we get to go to Plymouth Plantation and they don't. (laughs) I guess. Get to (laughs) (laughs) we're dragged to Yeah. I mean I think this story though is well known enough or like the area is well known enough you can do it versus like a show I hope we do someday Kevin can fuck himself that is not a Boston centric show or a New England centric show it is a show that has very specific references to one town to which I think I love the show but I thought it maybe probably hurt its wider appeal by doing that that's not the same as something like this where like everyone sort of knows about New England and the Pilgrims yeah that's a good yeah it's not like and it's not a very well-known town either like you it's not Chicago or it's it's not you know Atlanta it they picked Worcester and I thought it was that's a good point it might hurt it actually yeah coming soon episode 100 (laughs) (laughs) yeah no so uh Abigail is talking cavemen can fuck themselves no Abigail asks if everyone leaving uh that's gonna make it with everyone leaving if that's gonna make it harder for her to find a boyfriend and he's like you're 14 and she's like yeah but half my friends are already engaged because it i mean i get that is kind of par for the course that those times right you as soon as you were like physically capable to bear children as a woman you were kind of expected to in those times am, am i correct in reality they'd probably have kids by the, <laughs> as soon as they so, can. that's a good point they're probably having yeah. kids at 16 yeah yeah i think once you hit the physical part of your body where you're able to you probably start in that area and then uh the son comes in to tell his dad something but forgot what it was uh it was something that like the mom asked to tell him and then again he just asks for candy which you know joe you mentioned earlier and we talked about candy earlier but in those times like was there any kind of candy you think would it just be like hardened honey or something like that? That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. It was probably I like mean, they have, honey and stuff. They have sugar. Like they could, I'm right. sure. And they, they ferment, right? Because they make like beer and Applejack and stuff. So, I mean, they have the ability to ferment and do sugar and stuff. But, I mean, honey doesn't go bad, right? Honey is like the one of the few things on earth that doesn't yeah. expire. So, I would say that hardened honey as a candy is probably a pretty good thing in an yeah. era like that. You know? Yeah, that's going to be like the one thing that kids... Have you guys ever I'm had like um like actual... Like, not, like, the honey in the little bear bottle. Like, you ever had, like, actual honey? You can buy, like, jugs of it. They've had, like, like they scrape it right? off the, the comb into a little bin, and they sell that. And it is life-changing. It is so fucking good. It's, like, you don't need it, like... So I sweeten my tea with it, but... I'm like, oh, this isn't sugar. Like, this is definitely, but you definitely shouldn't be eating that much honey either, right? Like, it can't be also. It's not good for (laughs) you. Yeah, yeah, but like, it's, uh, if you can ever get your hands on some, like, really good, like, fresh honey, it's unbelievable. Well, I'll just steal it from you. Apparently, you have some at home. (laughs) I do. I got a jug of it. (laughs) You said a whole jug. I think that's enough to share. Yeah, it's like a one gallon jug. I forget the brand. I'll have to go look, but it's really good. Is that found in, like, standard stores, or is that, like, a specialty item? Like, you have to go to, like, the No, I order it online. I probably have it at Trader Joe's. They have all that shit. They might have it, honestly, yeah. So high tea at Nick's house. So I am reading about colonial confections right now. Chocolate custard 
was a thing. Okay. Um, so they also, hand spuns weren't invented. Colonial Chef experimented with flavors like tea, coffee, and Parmesan. Even chocolate was seasoned with spices like cayenne, cinnamon, nutmeg, fruits, jams. There was also an oyster ice cream. Oh, God. That, uh, think chowder. <laughs> that diners often watched melt before eating. So, so basically they made clam chowder, but it was a way to like, by freezing it, it would preserve it longer. Correct, Uh, but that was a delicacy in Colonial Williamsburg, according to dailypress.com, not Wikipedia. I do not enjoy the idea of that ice cream. No, no I love chowder, but gross. (laughs) Did Uh, you just throw something in anger? No, I'm sitting still. No, that noise is my chair wheel popping. Is your chair wheel now? My chair wheel's angry. So yeah, so after this, um, he says, well, let's get back to the house and see what it is that your mother wants. And they head over and you discover that the entire house burnt down. And that's when like the son's like, oh, I remember now. Fire. That's <laughs> that's what mom said to go tell them. I get such a Ralph Wiggum vibe from the son. He's very like. Every line he says. He's very yeah, Wiggum-y. That's a good call. Yeah, it's a little more like simple and like in delivery, like very um aloof. Yeah. <laughs> good word. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, so... Bake them uh, away, toys. And Abigail's standing there, and she just kind of goes, like, all my stuff is burnt. It's like, all... But I was like, yeah, everyone's stuff is burnt, not just your stuff is burnt. But uh, Cotton appears, and we find out that basically what had happened was he was using hot tar for the roof, and he said, I didn't know if it was hot enough, but clearly it was, and... He, he doesn't seem that remorseful. He just burnt the guy's house down. And all, he also does like, the burning foot gag here, too, where he's like, it's actually him. It's not a stunt person. He just sits yeah. there and very calmly delivers some lines with his foot on fire. <laughs> but So first, <laughs> he dumps something onto, like, the embers and was like, what could have been in that pail other than, like, gasoline? What was that supposed to be that instantly set fire? They usually use, like, alcohol for stuff like that because it burns bright and quick. But for the show, what was he attempting to do that oh, caused yeah, that. I don't, you know I don't, like yeah. i couldn't figure out what that even what are you pouring onto this that instantly set fire well it was just hay i think he m- made the tar too hot and it caught it but was that supposed to be tar in the bucket yeah because yeah, he's not tarring okay. the roof okay i thought Which he was like, trying to they put had the that up. process then but maybe i'm wrong did they have rubber then yeah hot tar seems like they would have like you wouldn't have hot tar you'd have like thicket stuff or whatever i don't well i'm not sure yeah. <laughs> i don't have an answer for a that. question for another day but yeah, no, you're, you're, you're allowed to take a trip to Plum, Plymouth Plantation. So yeah, but he goes to like yeah, kick out that fire, and Joe, like you said, his foot catches fire, and I was very like amazed by the knowing how like studios work and and like those kind of stunts. I mean, maybe things were a lot looser in the '90s. Uh, Gordo, I think you have a tar answer. Oh, sorry. Yes, I do. Um, tar, pine tar was a thing they used to tar and feather people right back in those days so they absolutely did have tar okay well good to know i mean pine tar makes sense right because if you touch a pine tree if you're not paying attention you're yeah it wasn't like hours. tar what the hell yeah, is it tar because is it, there's like tar and tar and and rubber, right? isn't it isn't it akin to oil like it's like another tar, byproduct yeah, it's naturally oh. acting because the tar pits the la brea tar pits or whatever, right exactly like i'm just thinking of last action hero yeah exactly that's what i was thinking of too i'm gonna watch that later <laughs> but yeah i, I want to go back to this fire practical effect here because I, I just think like when you look at how it was done yeah he's literally sitting there with his foot on fire and you yeah. just the way things would work now it would either be a bad like cgi or they would cut to a foot so like it would be a stunt person's foot but the actor literally just kicked out of fire his foot caught fire and he just stood there while it was on fire and i was i was pretty amazed by that 
I mean, yeah, you'll I do a lot of things for a SAG card. I on fire every day in the 90s, all right? It's not that big a deal. That's a good point, too. We used to light ourselves on fire, our skateboards on fire, I mean, everything on fire. Steve lit just... his feet on fire and went into TNT. Shocked. So, <laughs> so this is actually like a fond memory I have. We were up in Ferg's old bedroom when we were kids. And Ferg, like you said, used to like to like light his hand on fire with like um, lighter fluid. So he did it. And like you would usually be able to just like wave your hand and like die the fire out. But Ferg had put the bottle of no, lighter fluid under his No, this wasn't in his, his room. This is at like the... Uh... The pit. It was, this was right by the E.B. Newton. Yeah. Okay, so, what, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, maybe, so I'm crossing times because he did the, do this so often. Uh, so yeah, so he lit his hand on fire. The bottle of lighter fluid's under his arm. So as he's going to wave his hand, his he's crunching down with his other arm, so he's still spitting out more lighter fluid onto his hand so it's not coming out because he's just still keeping it going. It's not coming out at all. We scary. were huge pyromaniacs. Like, yeah, kids. We you ever notice that the people lesson. in the convenience stores never said no, though? They're like, hello, I'd like to buy five gallons of lighter fluid today. And you're like, okay, bunch of 12-year-olds, have yeah. a good day. Like, what the true. fuck? Yeah, I mean, to go back, when we were kids, in like, not even just like, not we're not saying like eight-year-old kids or anything. When we were like in high school still, too, like we were just, there was nothing to do. Up until you could drive and go places. Again, uh, from the town we grew up in that we talked about in the beginning of the episode, there's just not a lot happening here. So we never we lit kids, like structures on fire. We would always no, just no, like no. We, we the never, ground like, on fire. We never like destroyed <laughs> it property. Was the ground either. ourselves and tennis balls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, we yeah. we would just we would go to the like the local CVS or whatever and buy just like <laughs> bottles and bottles of lighter fluid and just light. Light things on fire on the ground and just stand there and look at it. Like, that's how we would entertain ourselves. <laughs> and then the the fire department and the cops would come and be like, "Oh, what the fuck!" <laughs> so I, I don't want to use any like specific names, but there was one day in particular where like the the guy who is like the local tryhard kid who is an actual officer now. Call him PC. He uh he walked he walked up because we had ran away but like we're watching from a distance and he walks up to the fire but like we use like an oil based whatever that time and he goes to like kick it out like with sweatpants and, like that his pants catch <laughs> and then he tried it was like a it was a pretty big fire and yeah. he's like oh, I got this and he pours half a Gatorade on it, it yeah just, it didn't do anything like what did you think was yeah. gonna happen that was the well, best thing ever too because we lit his don't play with fire, fire and we wasted his Gatorade and he lost like we won three times in a row there so the fire's still going your pants are on fire and you wasted your drink fuck off yeah <laughs> So yeah, so uh, so one of those on. times where you have an ex- ex- like exact mental picture of, of something <laughs> from your right, yep. so, like I can see that Clara's day stuff. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so anyways, when Cotton's on fire, he's he's like, is it roll around in the dirt or run around screaming? And I guess he just opts for run off and scream. And um, so Polly jokes about how they thought they didn't have enough privacy before, but you know now there's no structure at all. So apparently no privacy. They're all taking it fairly well, I guess. Like maybe building houses isn't so hard at those times, like if they weren't that big. But um, the house is like is gone, and they're all like fairly okay with it in the big picture, right? There's no extreme reaction, like no screaming. Oh, this is what finally breaks him, though, and he loses his optimism. It does. So, yeah, in James's case, though, now I think, because earlier when his whole thing was, like, we built a home here, and now there's no home. And he's like, you know, I could see my, you know, I can almost hear my mother laughing. And then you, you know, obviously cue the laughter. You can hear like her actually off in the distance laughing at him. That got me like a lot. I laughed really hard at that part. That one didn't get me, but it was like the next line right after. Cause he kind of yells out like into the world. Like, are you happy now? James Winthrop gives up. 
And you just hear like all the townspeople like, hooray. <laughs> that one I thought was pretty funny. But uh, so, yeah, so he's like, yeah, we might as well head back now. He's like, we should pack up our belongings. Well, I guess we're already packed. And um, and then he goes, race it to the dock. Last one there is a rotten egg. And she's like, oh, what? And he's like, I don't know. I was just trying to think <laughs> of something you wouldn't want to be. That was the birth of that term. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. a weird thing to throw in. Yeah, and he's like, you're right. It is strange, isn't it? I mean, it is a term when you like, a weird term when you like, look at it even now we've just said it our whole lives but it's very strange of all the things it's a weird it is a weird thing i actually should have looked up at the actual origin but i did not (laughs) but as they're walking back uh you know now they're walking to the dock james asked polly if um she's disappointed in him and she's like no not at all and she'll follow him to wherever he wants to go because she is very much in love with her husband and that's one nice little moment it kind of doesn't fit the theme of the rest of the show which is not like there's no it's the only time they didn't put a joke in a single line of this whole show but they reach where the boat's coming in and uh they see that couple again um who had all the kids and now they're with all children and the new baby Polly asks what the name was and he explains uh you know what we just decided to open up the bible at random and wherever uh, finger landed that's what the baby's name is going to be so meet baby oxen I love that it's huge. Didn't quite get this joke though. Like I didn't. I did. I thought it was funny as. Well. It was well. You're supposed you to think funny. like I don't know. It's just like I get this one. I get the most flat joke. landing one to me. Well, yeah. So the joke was going to be you're you're to think that they're going to open up the Bible. Oh, Mary, and the first oh, like... name they see, they're going to go with. Yeah. So exactly. So like Mary or Magdalene, like something like that. But instead, it was literally the first word they pointed to, which happened to be oxen. Yeah, I get the conceit of it. I just don't get yeah. why they wrote this joke. To trick you because they think that the shock of I mean, oxen why did they write this show is going to be funny. <laughs> it's fair point. But um, and and she says to them like this might lead to teasing. He's like, what do you mean? Like it's lost on them. Like, but whatever. That was that's the again. I sorry to wedding singer you twice in the same episode, but it's the same as Julia Gulia. That's funny. And he goes, why is that funny? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. All right, so confirmed, Adam Sandler ripped off Thanks, the right to wedding singer. Well, he did use that same actor. Uh, Chris Farley's brother is actually in uh, a bunch of their stuff, uh, like with small roles. So who knows? Maybe there's a tie-in somewhere that we're not aware of. But yeah, now, the wedding um, singer is so great. I know. But uh, the boat's coming in now, and the children are arguing about who's going to get uh, the window seat. And um, the parents say it's going to be a long three months. So am I to assume that like whatever seat you're in, you just sit for three months straight and you just wait? Yeah. I don't think <laughs> there's was, like was, beds. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just a play on on family car rides. How they're just right. miserable. Your kids fight in the back. Everyone turns like, Mayflower right around. And the the line is like, this is going to be a long two hour drive, but right. instead it's a sixteen month or however long they said. So James apologizes to his family for dragging them all out there. By there, I mean America. And Elizabeth comes out and she's like, well, I'm not sorry. And she talks about all the good memories they had there as a family. And um, she said some more weird shit in that. Like, I can't remember exactly what it was. I remember she said something that was off. But um, she said she wouldn't trade it for the world. And this kind of inspires her mother to say, you know what? We're not we're not going to leave. Like, let's stay. And Elizabeth was like, wait, I said I wouldn't trade it. It doesn't mean I'm not ready to move on, which I actually thought that was a really good line. I don't know why, of all the things, that's the one that really got me. See, that was a little unexpected. Was the, it was... What got me was the next line. They never listened to me before. <laughs> yeah. 
And then, um, so now Polly stands up and addresses the crowd because I guess I guess anytime anyone in this family has something to say between the two, everyone in the in the entire town needs to know about it. But announce it. So now Polly's talking to the crowd and she's explaining that they all came here with dreams and that everyone's just you know kind of staring at her with blank faces. They're not really. They don't care. And uh, the two men from that dancing argument from before just tell her that like you know like America's a terrible place. And the other one goes, it's nothing like the brochures. And that joke was way too corny for me. I don't know if that one got you guys, but that was like absurdly too corny. I do like a good brochure joke. We also just like, uh, skipped over the part much. two where they said the boat's finally here and horny Cloris Leachman just starts yelling for sailors. Oh, I think I might have missed that. <laughs> yeah, they're like, when they say the boat's thing right before that like heartfelt conversation, she's just like, sailors, sailors, <laughs> and runs off. I guess I missed that too. And I've watched yeah. this episode twice. Yeah, and then when the boat does come, uh, you see that everyone, almost everyone on the boat is dead, except the one guy is yelling, Plague, stay back. <laughs> I wasn't and, uh, not expected for this to be dark, but I wasn't expecting it for it to be like visible, dead, plague body dark. Like that yeah. really was like, whoa, wow, no, that's where we're going. The mother's face would show. <laughs> that close to it it's so funny Grant, grammy yeah cloris leachman's like, face she stands there completely still with her mouth open for like 30 seconds straight <laughs> she's like in shock it killed me I, like i knew something would happen right you, obviously they weren't all gonna move back to america but i didn't know how that was gonna happen i thought I it was not... gonna be the pirates personally oh, all right i i didn't even have like a like a thought in my head i guess with what it was gonna be and i did not expect like plague everyone get back it makes so much sense <laughs> but it just I, I didn't occur to me if they did pirates then you could have cloris leachman go off with them which would make <laughs> sense to her being on this show where she's like look i'll do one to give you some name recognition but then i'm out of here and then if it goes well i can pop in every once in a while if the pirate boat comes back or something <laughs> you know she's probably sold on a really good pitch <laughs> she might have thought the show was something else on pitch this seems but, like one of those like yeah i need new lanai <laughs> i'll do this thing for that or whatever <laughs> she was like doing a, a favor for uh, uh for her like father-in-law like uh, her like her like kids like well Uncle i Otho. would i would guess Uncle Otho called in a favor <laughs> i would guess that it's going to be like when you earlier i, I mentioned other like timepiece type shows but those are all more serious it was probably going to be like yeah it's going to be like a walton's bonanza dr quinn it's going to be like one of those shows but like funny so like oh okay all right and then she signed and found out what the show really was yeah, but her style of comedy is also very sexual, and she leaned into that, especially as she got older, I thought, I feel yeah. like. So uh, I think she's probably just like, why not? But also, kind of, too, I don't know, it's a big, sh it's a show on CBS, I guess you take the risk, right? Yeah, I mean, it, I guess, like, depending on what else I'm in your career surprised. at that particular moment, if you don't have another offer at that moment, you right, go you just for keep it. working. What else on CBS was that morbid? <laughs> With some of these jokes, like nothing I can remember. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. That's the craziest thing about it to me is that it was on CBS. Well, actually, I'd love to know what the CBS fall lineup was for 1999. Let's see if we can pull that up real quick. Uh, so, were we looking for what specific? Were we looking for a specific day? Yeah, I just want. I was wondering what series. Uh, so not returning, obviously, was that. But we had the nanny. It was the last season of the nanny. Um, yeah, King of Queens. King of Queens. Um, was on everybody there, loves so. Raymond. Judging Amy um, was on was uh, Family Law. Mm -hmm. All of, these were all on in 1999. Yeah, and then there's yeah. a lot of like the serious shows like Walker Texas Ranger, Nash Bridges, uh, Early Edition. Cosby remember show. Early Edition? Yeah, yeah. Yes, remember Early Edition? Yep. Wasn't that with uh, what's his name show. from? Um, I also remember New Edition. Oh shit! What was the dude's name? The main character. Oh, Early Edition would be. Was it the dude from Office Space? Kyle Chandler. No, then. 
So what's funny about this is I don't see Thanks on here at all. I think because it was a mid-season replacement. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't see anything here. I see like, you know, Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, that's also Fox. That's also not a... And it debuted in August, so... Yeah, so it was like a summertime thing So before even the new season starts. So this lasted six episodes, so that would have put it up until like when the real season of shows started. Yeah, it was like content to get you through. Yeah, they probably bought it on a short run to see if it works, and then if it did, they could pick it up for for the following year or whatever. Right, and if not, it's something to tide us over until like, you know, King of Queens starts or whatever in six weeks. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because, yeah, the only thing that I could even kind of see where it would be is on Fridays in the summer, CBS had from 9 to 9.30 various specials in between Now and Again and JAG. They should have put this out in the fall, though. They could have released this in the fall as just a miniseries, and I think it would have been decent. Yeah, they could have. Well, in any event... um. After they find out that the, the there's a plague on the boat, uh, after Cloris Leachman's like 30 seconds of shock phase, she goes, uh, well, what the heck? We'll give it another year. And everyone just kind of walks off. And the, you know, after we see that, there's just kind of this shot of the Winthrop's all standing together uh, in front of, I guess, what would be the store, right? And James goes on to say, uh, uh, America the Beautiful. And then Polly goes, you really need to start writing all this stuff down. And I was, <laughs> that was a really corny, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's a, another wink to the camera, but they're trying to like basically create fake origin stories to like every term and thing imaginable that they can think of. So it's just like the rotten egg thing. They're just, they're trying to give you all these false origin stories. And then, uh, the final scene after that is the, the closing shot really is it's James starting to build the new house and, um, the, <laughs> He's like, all right, which one of these is log A? So it's a, the old Ikea gag. Yeah, which was fine. And, and that was the, the very end of the show. I think we say it sometimes, too, now where it's like we were kind of ripping on the crew for having an episode that ended weirdly. But we were like, but it's not an episodic show anymore. It's a five hour movie, right? Like you're the next episode's just going to play on autoplay. It's Netflix. This joke to end it seemed like the kind of joke that you'd have like two seconds of laughter and then it'd be like two one next episode that yeah. really doesn't play well as a standalone no new episode till next week type of end yeah because it just didn't feel like that joke didn't have enough of a punch to it that's supposed to be like the start of a scene not like the scene or if the show ended and they went to credits for like two seconds and then cut back and they said that and then they cut back into credits, that would have worked too. If it was like a mid-credit joke, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like buttoning in the end of it. But yeah, I thought it was a pretty weak ending. How was it really something they did back then? That's more of a modern thing, the mid and post-credit scene. Yeah, I guess so. But maybe they could have been the first. They were the first ones here. They did yeah. invent all those other things. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But yeah, that, that's the entirety of uh, Thanks. So, uh, anything else you guys want to bring up about this episode? Just general observation about the show? Other than the set design, like, the sets were very well done for a show like this. Like, it wasn't thrown together. It wasn't, like, I I don't know. I don't know if you guys thought, thought, what do you guys thought about the sets? But Sets were good. What I want to mention is the camera quality. You could have told me this show was from the 60s, and I would have believed you, because the ca- it just didn't look like it was from the 90s compared to some of the other 90s shows we've done. It was just, it was did, terrible. Did you watch the HD version or the YouTube version? YouTube. 
Okay, yeah, I, I was wondering, I assume the YouTube version was also taken from a VHS tape, and maybe it was just it like was. a couple different generations down. And I think Ooh, yeah. that's part of it. I mean, if we're going to be completely real with everyone here, like this this show is available on YouTube. You can, if you want to watch it, which I would Whole recommend. Series. Why not? Yeah, you can watch the entire entirety of the six episodes on YouTube. But yeah, things like this, these kind of forgotten about shows, they don't all land on like these subscription services. Like you can't just stream episodes of thanks. I don't even think you could buy the episodes if you wanted to. And so you have like the one guy who happened to tape them all decide he's going to rip them on a YouTube. And <laughs> if it wasn't for, loved it. and if it wasn't for that guy, it would be like impossible to find. So it's kind of crazy how there's probably a ton of shows that are forgotten that you won't be able to find anywhere. But yeah, in that, when you think about the time and that it was only 1999, <laughs> realistically, like the show probably was decent quality if we got to watch it like in its intended run. So if you were watching it on television live when it came out, if we were happened to be sitting at home in 1999 and watched those six episodes, I'm sure it looked a lot different than the version that we ultimately got to watch now. When we were kids in the summertime, you know how like TV land would do like, hey, it's Wednesday. We're going to do all Wednesday WKRP for like the entire night, like all I Love Lucy Tuesday, what have you. Every once in a while, they would do a thing where they would play just a bunch of pilots for shows that didn't get picked up. Like, hey, oh, I would love George... that. I didn't know that ever happened. I would yeah, love it was like if something like that came back. Yeah, it was like a summer thing, right? It was pretty cool. It was like, hey, here's a George Carlin TV show they never bought, but it's probably pretty funny. And you were like, this is pretty funny. And it's kind of a bummer that we live in such a weird like content wars now for all these networks. Like CBS would never give like you could we could pitch the money right now, get a VC client or whatever, then be like, we're gonna start a streaming service called Catch All. Where we just put all this weird shit that no one's ever going to use, right? Because you'd think that you could buy the content cheap, but now I feel like since everyone has a streaming service, they're holding on to everything, whether they use it or not. Like, WWE Network's a great example of that, right? They've got a million hours of stuff they'll probably never put on there. But they'll never sell it to somebody else or license it to somebody else. They literally like do. Like they license all this stuff to Peacock. CBS Plus, but it'll also never $3 end up billion. Yeah, did you forget that the WWE Network is gone and they literally licensed all their stuff to Peacock? Right, but I mean, like, there's content they'll never put onto that part of the network. Yeah, but if I'm not to get into a wrestling conversation, maybe not the best example because that man has a price. <laughs> you could get anything from him for the right amount of money. Sure, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah, there's I stuff that they own point. they're not going to put point. on because why would they? It's not worth it to them. And CBS has CBS All Access or whatever. I would wager money that they'll never put this on there. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, like, they can all, like, as they all develop their, like, streaming services, like, if you're NBC and you have Peacock, why not have a section that just is all unaired uh, unaired pilots, you know, things like that? I mean, I think they should. I would love it. Well, for a show like ours, if, if you know, I mean, that like works for, for us, the S1, yeah. for the S1E1 guys, it would be fantastic because I would love to cover more stuff like this. I would love to do unaired pilots, even though it's tougher to find your audience, I guess, if no one knows what the show is, but I think it makes for interesting content. For us, it has to have a big star to like actually get people to like want to check it out or whatever, but also be accessible to watch too is the other problem, right? Exactly. I'll tell you, like from a from like an outside perspective, like to peel the curtain back a little bit. You know, I have to do uh, you know a number of graphics and things for each episode, and just finding decent quality photos from this television show to be able to use to like announce what what show we were doing was very difficult to find. Like this stuff is like forgotten in time. Yeah, I mean, there's I pretty much like show two articles about this and show on IMDb and a Wikipedia, right? There's like two articles written from 99 about the show, like an Esquire and something else. And then like what you'd expect, IMDb or whatever. Not a lot of info about it. Yeah, like the only picture you can usually find is just one of Cloris Leachman. And it just says, thanks. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah there I mean, isn't a bunch of info. 
on this at all. Like, I tried to look up Wikipedia on this. I tried to look up IMDb. There is nothing yeah. on this. And I think we've uh, maybe exhausted enough time from our listeners So uh, on their Thanksgiving. So I think we should at least move to the green light or cancel at this point. So I'm going to go in the order I see you all in. Um, Nick, why don't you start off? Uh, cancel. It wasn't that fun at all. I liked the main character, John. Supporting characters were like, I don't know, I feel like everything was really just kind of thrown together. It didn't feel, I, mean, I don't know. It just wasn't, I didn't, and I wasn't entertained by it. I don't want to see another episode. Actually, at a certain point in this episode on YouTube, I sped it up. Like, I sped up the watch speed. It's like, I can't sit here and watch these people for 26 minutes. Like, I can't do it. Uh, I mean, I mean, A for, I mean, D for effort, I guess, but... It it could have had potential had it gone a different way, but I was really bored. I didn't like it. Cancel. Ferg. Greenlight. I actually really liked this show. I thought it had a really good cast. I laughed through most of it. I'm going to watch it again. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm going to finish the series. Um, a lot of jokes more hit than didn't for me. Um, like the, my only issue was the quality, and that was, I think, we, as we already discussed, the um, whole streaming thing. Uh, it, it just being on YouTube. But yeah, everything I like everything about this show. And, and by the way, but this is like fresh off like you saying mad about you might have been one of the easiest cancels you've ever had. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then thanks is an instant green light. What do we compare? We compared it to Mel Brooks and we compared it to Monty Python, two yeah. things I love. And yeah, it makes honestly, sense. Honestly, I mean that's a good thing, comparisons, yeah. That's fair. Uh Joe. I mean, I didn't hate this show at all, but I can't green light it. It just there wasn't enough going on there. I wouldn't say I went as far as Nick as to fast forward it, but every time I pause to write more notes down and you'd look up and see that clock looking back at you, you're like, oh God, this is going to be going on a little longer. I still think this would be better if they had this as like a weird thing. You could position it as like a quarterly or, you know, whatever holiday special. You do this for an hour. It's a Thanksgiving special with these characters in this weird setting. It's a Christmas episode. It's a holiday episode, whatever. I think that would have worked and that maybe would have kept it going is like a weird i mean they always need whenever there's a big holiday you're usually in a lull for episodes and things that are new right you could have brought this out as like an interesting thing but uh i don't think it would ever work as a weekly show and as much as i love horny clarissa leachman i have to say uh, red light gordo i'm actually with ferg i liked this show um, I actually so much so that I actually watched the second episode <laughs> and I never do that. My man. And I don't know. Like I, I'm I'm I stopped the second episode about halfway through. But there is a, it does. This show is actually really funny. This episode made me laugh. Uh, it's different. It's different. How many pilgrim shows are there? One, one, it lasted six episodes. <laughs> one more than there needed to be. <laughs> I don't know. I liked it. I think Ferg said it best that like it's Monty Python and it's Mel Brooks. Like that style of humor that falls with my style of humor. It's a green light from me. All right. So I'm actually in a tiebreaker situation now. Again. And uh, I'm sorry, Ferg and Gordo, but I'm going to have to cancel it. I'll say this. It, I went into this like excited to hate it. Like that was like, I was like, this is going to be terrible. It's going to be easy to make fun of the whole episode. And then it, it was like funny enough. Like there were a couple jokes that landed with me that like I found humorous and the show wasn't terrible, terrible. There was a lot of like we said earlier, I think Joe's point er, a minute ago was really good about like if it was like a, a Christmas special or a Thanksgiving special and they, you could even pack it with like bigger stars and like do this kind of thing and it would work and 
maybe even that same kind of humor that's like half in and half out on the times where they know that the modern world exists and some of those winks of the cameras could work. But I thought the general style for me, like this is best suited as like a sketch more than it needs to be a full on episodes. Uh, so I think the problem was, and for us, it was not as bad as we expected, not good enough. So the conversation becomes tricky because we're all kind of feel met about things. There's a lot of points of the show that even now, like we're talking about a scene and we don't even know how to react at times. But uh, so I have to cancel it. So that's three no's. That's only uh, two green lights out of five. So I'm sorry to thanks, but we're going to have to line up with CBS. And we don't think that this is a show that should continue on. So sorry to uh, all the people that involved with thanks. But that's it. That's all the time we have for this week. If you want, you can go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to our social media everywhere where you can listen to us. Go ahead, follow, subscribe, rate, review, do all that fun stuff that uh, corresponds to each individual link that you'll have to click on. Uh, Give us a listen. Spread the word. Uh, We very much appreciate all that stuff. But that's it. That's all the time we have for this week. Thank you, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Goodbye. I think we got the best Clarissa Leachman.